please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I think I started hiking sometime around my junior high years, maybe a little younger than that. My grandmother's sister, my great-aunt Eva, was an avid hiker, an experienced hiker, a longtime member of the Sierra Club. She would accompany us on some of our family trips, and she would plan the hikes. I remember particularly noticing the switchbacks in the trails. You know them, the long and winding trails that take you gradually up a steep slope by what seems to be the most indirect route possible. Now, at age 45, my knees welcome a long, gradual slope over a short, steep climb. But as a teenager, I remember seeing those switchbacks, looking ahead on the trail, also seeing those places where there were signs that people had cut across the switchbacks. And I thought more than once that I would really rather just take the quick, short way up. There is something so tempting about a shortcut. I wonder whether the temptations that Jesus resisted could be seen as shortcuts, seen as quicker ways to get where he was going, quicker ways to accomplish the purpose before him. In this season of Lent, we are looking at faith as a journey. We are also looking at the particular leg of the journey that is Lent, the journey that Lent is at any time, and this particular six-week period this year. Lent is the time of spiritual preparation for Easter, a time of preparation for new life. If you hike the Blue Ridge Trail to Fisk Peak, you will find yourself following many switchbacks. That's up in the Cache Creek area. The elevation gain along the way is about 2,000 feet, and it's maybe a three to four mile hike. So here's one way to look at it. 2,000 feet is less than half a mile. So at least hypothetically speaking, if you took the shortest and most direct route to the top, you would cover about 2,000 feet, less than half a mile. Instead, the trail is about four miles long, thanks to all those switchbacks. These switchbacks make the distance you cover six to eight times as long as you would travel if you could travel as the crow flies. But there is a deep flaw in the idea that it is better to travel the shortest and most direct route. There's something to be said for staying on the trail. There's something to be said for traveling the path that is set before you. Jesus was in the wilderness when we meet him in the gospel reading for this morning. He fasted, and he was hungry. So the tempter made a suggestion. Turn these stones to bread. After all, if Jesus was the Son of God, he can work such miracles. He can prove himself and satisfy his hunger all in one act. This seems to be the case being made by the tempter. But what would be the cost to Jesus if he satisfied his hunger so easily? The scripture tells us that it was the spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. The scripture said, says the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
It seems there was some intention for Jesus' time in the wilderness, some purpose to be served. By the time, by the facing of the temptations, presumably by the fasting. So the first temptation is to work a miracle, make bread from stones, and to eat because he was famished. I think Jesus' answer to the tempter was an explanation of what it meant for Jesus to stay on course. One does not live by bread alone, but by every word from God. The journey Jesus was led to travel was a journey of living by God's word, God's truth, God's intention for Jesus. No shortcut was going to help Jesus fulfill that purpose. Jesus, of course, was Jesus, and we are not. So I expect that on our own journeys, as often as not, we do not know what the purpose is of following a particular path. We might not be able to clearly see the destination. We might have a destination in mind that never pans out. But in spite of all that we do not know about our own journeys, I think there is something to be said for the perseverance of staying on the path and not imagining that any shortcut will make things easier. In September, a friend of mine spent 30 days hiking a stretch of the John Muir Trail, and along the way, she and her friend made a handful of short videos that they called Tips from the Trail. They have the feel of little public service announcements. And the message of one video was simple. You cannot cheat the switchback man. Their public service announcement of sorts said, Try and save 2,000 feet one place, and you're going to make it up in another, plus hike an extra 10 to 12 miles. If I remember right, their attempt to cheat the switchback got them lost, thus explaining the 10 to 12 miles, although that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. It is easy enough to get lost. After Jesus turns down the invitation to make some bread, the tempter places Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple there in the holy city. The tempter makes the case that scripture says that Jesus would be able to throw himself off this high building and be unharmed, that God will send angels to protect Jesus. So Jesus could leap off this high place without suffering. Go ahead, Jesus, the tempter seems to say. Show us what you can do. But Jesus says this would amount to testing God, and Jesus does not want to do that. Scripture instructs us not to test God. How might Jesus' story or his path have been different if he lived the life of one who could and would throw himself off a high building and walk away unscathed? This morning's gospel reading comes early on in Jesus' life and ministry, but many of us here know how the story goes. We know that the path Jesus walked was one of vulnerability. Jesus lived an earthy, embodied human life, and he was vulnerable to pain and suffering. We learn from how Jesus reveals God that God chooses vulnerability over supernatural displays of power, and that God suffers right along with us. If Jesus had instead been one to throw himself off a high building, we wouldn't have a picture of a God who suffers along with us. 
We might not be able to imagine that God would choose to share our lot. If Jesus had chosen a shortcut to bypass human vulnerability and pain, the entire shape of the faith we follow would be dramatically different. The final temptation for Jesus is in some ways similar to the temptation to throw himself off a building. The final temptation also invites Jesus to be powerful by the most worldly and hierarchical standards. And again, this worldly power might have been a quicker or easier road toward God's sovereignty in our world, but it would have represented an entirely different kind of God from the vulnerable and compassionate God we know through Christ. Many cultures and historical periods have imagined gods as powerfully reigning over all the rulers of the earth, all the events of history, the kingdoms of the world. God who is sovereign and control in those particular ways. But the Christian faith sees God's power in entirely different ways and sees God's nature as humble and compassionate. Jesus rejects the invitation to power over kingdoms because Jesus' destiny is to be faithful in service to the God who calls us to be humble and vulnerable. There is no shortcut to help us, not even to help Jesus, avoid slogging through the human condition and all that this path carries with it. At this point in my life, cutting across switchbacks doesn't appeal to me. The steep slopes are too hard on my knees, and I'm grateful for the gentler inclines. But the cost of cutting across switchbacks isn't primarily the pain in my knees. And the benefit of following switchbacks isn't only for the way that they improve my journey. A primary reason that trail builders incorporate switchbacks is to reduce erosion. It also allows wilderness managers to plan for habitat for pr protection. So at, since I am playing with this particular metaphor, I wonder, are there ways that the cost of taking shortcuts in our spirituality or in life also do some harm beyond our own needs, beyond the impact on ourselves? Is it possible that we are less present along the way, less engaged with others? If we take shortcuts to speed quickly to some destination, is our impact on the world around us, on, on our environment, is our impact more detrimental if we opt for shortcuts over the long and winding route laid out for us? Jesus did not take the shortcuts offered, and the life he lived by taking the long and winding road was a life of suffering and compassion and service. If we take shortcuts, if we make life's journey or the spiritual life look quick and easy, perhaps this would create barriers to the compassion and empathy we learn along the longer winding road. Perhaps our shortcuts would cause us to have an impact on our environment that we do not anticipate or intend. An impact of removing us from the vulnerability and struggle that is our deepest connection to one another. If our purpose were to reach some destination, then perhaps, but only perhaps, a shortcut might have some redeeming value. But our spiritual lives are about the journey itself 
about walking faithfully on the paths that are set before us. Even when we can't see where the path leads, even when there is a fork in the road that confuses us, even when we know there is a quicker or easier way to travel, our spiritual lives are about the journey itself. So no, shortcuts do not help. I am convinced that neither the journey of life, nor the journey of faith, nor the particular journey we travel from Ash Wednesday toward Easter, that none of these journeys are improved by taking shortcuts. Lent is a time of reflection and introspection. In Lent, Christians often take the opportunity to look at our habits and our practices. We often use Lent as a time to experiment with making some changes in those things. Are there places where you are tempted by shortcuts? Are there places in your life or along your spiritual journey where you might benefit from a long, slow, and winding route? Wilderness symbolizes the unfamiliar. It is difficult, challenging terrain, especially from the vantage point of our scripture writers. And yet, wilderness is the place God leads us into. May we faithfully travel the wilderness journeys God calls us to for the sake of the growth and the depth these journeys might yield. May we faithfully follow the paths set before us, trusting that we travel toward the abundant life God promises. For together we are on a journey toward Easter. Amen.